0: SMS, SAFM now on 41391. Late Night Conversations with Patricia Dooley, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight.
1: Let's welcome uh, Dr. Marlene McKay, who's a general practitioner at the Goldman Medical Center in Johannesburg. Thank you very much for joining us, Dr. McKay.
2: Hi, good evening. Thanks for having me.
1: Now, uh, Dr. McKay, we are talking about uh, asthma awareness. The, the day was yesterday, but for the entire month of May, we are making sure that there's more awareness for caring for children, especially with asthma. Now, being a child that had asthma, I must say, I'm, I'm very, I'm, I'm very grateful for the fact that my mom was a, a medical practitioner, so it was easier for her to understand the the caring for me back in the 90s and early, a, um, uh, well, early 80s and, and late late 80s and early 90s, uh, when my asthma was still very rife. But it seems that asthma in sub-Saharan Africa is quite a prevalent thing.
2: Yes. uh, um, You know, asthma has become more and more prevalent. And um, even worse than that is if you look at a lot of the data that South Africa especially ranks high in the world uh, for asthma mortality, I think we're ranked number four, the fourth highest in the world for asthma mortality, which means that asthma is prevalent and very common, but it also implies that we're not doing a great job at managing our asthma if so many of, of our asthmatics are dying every year.
1: Sure. It's, it's very sad to to hear that uh, so many deaths uh, occur from asthma. And uh, when it comes to children, are there a lot of deaths around children with asthma? And if so, what are sort of the ages where we should be looking out for, for, for signs, symptoms of respiratory diseases like asthma in turin?
2: Yeah, so so I mean one of the common misconceptions is that you know it's just a, it's just a, it's a it's an illness that we that you grow out of, and not many people are even aware that that you that asthma can be fatal and that asthma is a fatal illness, and so so the, the the diagnosis of asthma can be a challenge, especially in the very young, you know in the in the little toddlers. Um, and and as as, as kids get older and and also as you you mentioned at least you had a mom who who was aware of of asthma and knew how to handle it breaking the news to a parent that your child may have asthma for us doctors is also a challenge is that fear, this label, the stigma that goes with it but I think the things to be aware of just in terms of symptoms and presentation, if your child has a a sort of an ongoing persistent or especially a night cough um, a tight chest A wheeze and shortness of breath Um, these are symptoms of asthma and many times that you find that the kids are treated by their GPs with um, sort of bronchitis chronic bronchitis or every time an acute bronchitis or it's just a bronchial chest or your child has a bad chest and and um, there's abuse of antibiotics overuse of antibiotics and cough mixtures whereas if you were just more or the with the presentation and the symptoms that uh, we would be able to engage our, the parents better and make a diagnosis of asthma and have the courage to say, Mom, Dad, your child has asthma based on these symptoms, based on the way that uh, your child presents, and based on what we're listening to when we hear, when we listen to the chest.
1: ATMs, we're speaking about uh, something that's quite prevalent in Africa, um, and it's reported that about 50 million children under the age of 15 years are living with asthma in sub Saharan Africa. So call in if you perhaps are looking after your child or guardian, um, your guardian to a child who's got asthma or signs and symptoms of asthma. And let us know um, if you've got questions or you, you want to know where to get help for them. The number to die is 011-714-2006 or WhatsApp 0614-104-107. Dr. McKay, talking about uh, the awareness, awareness is great. But where should it be coming from? Should it be coming from organizations like what you are moving at the Goldman Medical Center? Or should it be coming even on, on mainstream media? Because some of these symptoms are very, are very alike to other symptoms, especially now when we are faced with COVID-19.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think, I think the information and, and this awareness needs to be driven by every sector. You know, the mainstream media, us as, as doctors, um, World Health Organization, for instance, we also have the global initiative for asthma called GINA. They've, they, they, in fact, they initiated this, uh, uh, um, the World Health, uh, World Asthma Day way back in, uh, I think it was uh, 1993 or something like that, uh, some time ago. So everybody needs to be involved. As any asthma organisations, or respiratory organisations need to be involved, because asthma is so prevalent, and because we're doing such a poor job, as I mentioned earlier, about about um, managing it. If so many, if so many are dying, so it's incumbent upon everybody to to be involved in this, and especially around uh, um, the challenge of making the diagnosis, accepting the diagnosis, and accepting how to treat it and how to manage it so that it becomes a chronic condition which doesn't necessarily have to, need to need lead to the death of your child. So it's important that every one of us play, plays a part. And the parents, I think, also become more accepting that my child has it, but once we start the correct treatment, I know that my child is going to be okay as opposed to being pumped with antibiotics, cough mixtures, cold and flu remedies over and over again and your child never seems to be getting better.
1: Now, in in terms of uh, ages that we should be looking out for uh, uh, childhood asthma and some of the symptoms, what are they?
2: So, as I said, these allergic, asthma in children is primarily driven by um, allergies. And allergies can present in a number of ways. Um, one, um, on the skin, so the child can have ex- eczema. And this can happen from birth. Generally, we say that, if, if, you, if, you're, if, your, if your child was, was had a blocked nose literally from birth, that is usually an allergic child. If they've been sneezing from a young age, that's allergic rhinitis, commonly known as hay fever. So the child usually has allergies. And we talk about a united airway. In other words, the, the tissue that is at the beginning of your nose right down to the bottom of your lungs and your airways is the same tissue, it's a united airway. And so anyone who has hay fever can potentially have asthma. And so the awareness around the diagnosis starts already with the child with an itch, itchy eyes, itchy nose, uh, recurrent repetitive sneezing, seasonal, seasonal changes. You know, I, my child coughs a lot when the season changes. And then, of course, the primary four symptoms that you need to look for is a cough, tightness of the chest, shortness of breath, and a wheeze. And a wheeze is usually that whistling sound that one hears at night. And those are the symptoms that should alert one that uh, my child could have asthma.
1: So from birth parents, please do be very observant of your child's health. Let's go to some of the messages.
0: You know, I don't know what must I say good night or what. You know, I'm from Witbank. I I was born with asthma. And then there was a lady that cured me in Mozambique. My parents were the people that they were living to tell to some other country, so This other lady, she was a traditional healer, when I remember, because I was 14, she gave me some traditional remedies. So, truly speaking, I was cured. Because even my doctor was shocked when when, when I came to him, that I'm no longer having asthma. So, we've been trying to allocate that lady since from that time until now. Right now I'm 39 years old, I don't know how i like going I get, I don't know, thank you guys.
1: Well, uh, that, that begs the question then, Dr. McKay, wh- what is uh, the role of African tradi- uh, traditional medicines when it comes to managing or curing asthma? Because like this ATMO sent a message, he went all the way to Mozambique to a traditional healer. My asthma was so rife, there was, I think, no uh, you know, breathing contraption that was not available to my disposal. But one day my grandfather brought uh, marijuana. And they created, they made a tea, they brewed it, made a tea for me. I used to drink it apparently. And since then, I think maybe a month later, I was cured. I've, I've never suffered from an asthma attack or any side effects. None of my children have any, uh, you know, um, effects of, of, of me having asthma. So what is the role of traditional medicine?
2: Yeah, okay, so uh, unfortunately I'm not an expert in this area, but I can say, that um, you know, we respect we respect uh, um, the role of uh, sometimes complementary medicine, alternative medicine, but uh, being a, 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 a you know a medical person, the primary management of asthma is um, bronchodilators and anti inflammatory So and asthma is primarily an inflammatory a disease of inflammation of the airway in which the airways are swollen and there's excess mucus production. Which causes this bronchospasm and coughing, with with lots of mucus. Um, also, let me just clarify that, as far as we know, asthma is there is no cure for asthma. Asthma is a chronic, lifelong illness. It does not go away. Now, there's this uh, impression that we that you outgrow your asthma, um, but asthma per se is an incurable condition. It's lifelong. You may not have symptoms every day for the rest of your life, but the asthma is always there, and there's always the potential that even as when we are much older that we can we could still be at risk of getting an asthma attack and The only way as far as I know from uh, from a medical point of view to control the asthma is to control the inflammation, and we know that um, inhaled corticosteroid medication is the primary means of controlling one's asthma so that you don't have to have to get an
1: asthma it, It's very sad uh, Dr. McKay that um, Western medicine is really in Africa not trying to find a way to merge with the uh, traditional medicines to understand their benefits because if you're saying it's it's about you know removing the inflammation and obviously there's some mucus buildup, whatever it is and there are African medicines that are available for such it would be a beautiful um, merger to understand because if you're saying it's not curable and it could come back and there are people who like my myself can attest to say i've never had an attack i've been able to do sports whereas before that i couldn't even walk up a flight of stairs as a child you know so 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 for me i feel that there's a there's a missing element here and that element is understanding especially because we're talking about asthma in sub-saharan africa being so prevalent so why not you know employ and find ways to merge the western medicines with the, the, the African traditional medicines, which are known by the traditional healers and those who have used them to have either removed or you know lessened the, the, the pain of asthma.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and this goes across the board, not just with asthma, but any illness. I think that medicine, uh, um, especially here in Africa, we must respect the other uh, uh, um, traditional medicine and alternative medicine, and they they can they can be a place, and it's in, I think it's important that we as as uh, uh, as those who study traditional uh, uh, well uh, conventional Western medicine that we must make a place and for this, and we should be aware of what is available and be aware of what what happens out there, and it doesn't have to be at the expense of of um, our conventional medicine. So, absolutely, I agree with you that we need to f- enhance our knowledge and broaden our our perspective on the management of asthma within the South African or African context.
1: Let me go to this message uh, from one of our a teamers via WhatsApp. It says, Patricia, what a topic you've got tonight. I just want to die out of heartache and just the thought of it. I, I have witnessed my little cousin almost didn't make it. Blue in the face, reaching out for his breath. Luckily, the auntie next door was a nurse and could help him. Also advised my aunt to remove carpets out of the house. Um, and um, Pat, asthma and epilepsy is no joke witnessing. We don't even use fragrance or body sprays near him. He's our A black, blue-eyed boy, our very own angel, can't wait to see him in December when he returns from the UK. So it it is a scary thing for people to witness a little children suffering from asthma. So how can family and parents, um, you know, if you see a child having an onset attack and it's your first time witnessing it because you've never had a diagnosis that the child has asthma, how can we help the child? What should we do?
2: Yeah, so so it's it's uh, you know it can be a very scary uh, um, position to be in, to have to or to witness a child having an asthma attack because they're literally crying and gasping for air, um, um, and I think basic first aid measures apply. Number one, you must call for help. You need you need someone who who can come with a bronchodilator to get that airway open. So number one, call for help. Number two. Get, get the child to have as much fresh air as possible. So open the windows or take them outside where they can get enough fresh air, try and um, uh, fan them down. And, and, and generally, you know, the scary part is that without access to uh, um, some sort of form of bronchodilator, be it in the form of a pump or nebulizer or some oxygen, you know, it, it, it can be fatal. It can be fatal. So uh, this is why it's so important that we focus on getting the right diagnosis and getting and getting the right treatment so that we don't ever ever have to witness something as traumatic as, as a child gasping for air and and potentially passing away because of no access to to a bronchodilator.
1: Public health uh, care facilities uh, Dr. McKay, are they well geared to assist um, children and patients with asthma? Yes, abs- absolutely. I mean asthma asthma is it, it, it's that common, it's very common
2: and it's very easy to, to recognize someone in, in, in distress due to asthma, um, and the facilities are there I mean most most medical facilities in fact all I can say confidently should have access to a basic uh, um, uh, airway supply, uh, oxygen supply and, and and these nebulizers or these, these machines that can, that can in which you can inhale the medication are cheap and generally available so it's quick to abort or to stop uh, uh, an asthma attack.
1: Let me go to an AT man, Ngonde, who's on the line. Good evening.
3: Nongululeko, how are you doing? I'm
1: strong. How are you, Ngonde?
3: Lovely, Nunguleko. Excellent. Nonguleko, I must agree with you fully that your asthma has been cured by traditional medicine, right? Because, truth be said, Nungu-le-ko, um what I'm going to say might shock you, but I. But it don't. Comprehensive knowledge of anything is unattainable. In other words, knowledge can be acquired from various sources. Okay? Let me stop being philosophical right there. Practically, my niece who's 12 years old, he is a slave of this asthma, right? 12 years old, you know? She was a good swimmer when she was young, you know. Um, she's still young now, you know. But now she no longer partakes in swimming actively and running, you know, precisely because, you know, of asthma, right? Now she's a slave of nebulizer, you know. and uh, so one, one of the stuff you plug, I'm sure the daughter knows it, and also strong drugs. She must take these strong drugs, you know. Now, but she... Uh, it's a lifelong, right? Just like diabetes. However, evidence is there, Patricia. You are living proof of that. You know the only one, right? Western medicine are useless. To put it mildly, when it comes to asthma and some other diseases, right? Whereas China, you would never have this problem in China, because China medicine have been incorporated together with the West. Nothing is superior to the other. Both of them are working, right? So if the doctor can just admit that maybe perhaps one can try African traditional medicine, I'm sure KGM will appreciate this. Pashitra, good
1: afternoon. Thank good you very afternoon. much, Ngonde. Thank you for weighing in there. Dr. McKay, um, I don't know, I'm sure you would say uh, Western medicines are not useless, as Ngonde has said, because <laughs> you've, yeah. seen, you've seen some good results. But clearly, there is room for, for yeah. working together with the traditional um, indigenous knowledge systems uh, yeah. on how to treat such. Yeah,
2: if I can just comment on that. Uh, you know, there is this myth that asthmatics cannot participate in sports. And as I said, that is a myth. A well-controlled asthmatic, in fact, we encourage them to to participate in sports. And there are many examples of, of top sports persons around the world who are asthmatic. So, asthmatic, being diagnosed with asthma is not a hindrance to participating in sport, and especially things like swimming. So, but the operative word is well-controlled, and we don't use strong drugs. We use inhalers. Inhalers are medications and devices in which you inhale the medication in a powder form, in an aerosol form, and it goes into the airways. And it, what it does in the airways, it neutralizes all that inflammation, so it keeps the airways open, person can breathe, and the person is then fully functional. Sports, academic, anything that they want to do, they are fully capable of doing without having to resort to strong drugs. We don't we don't advise the chronic use of nebulizers. They just have to be on the inhaler therapy and they can live long, normal, healthy, full lives with an asthma that's well-controlled and participating in any sport that they want to.
1: Definitely. Uh, Doc, uh, as we close off, what are your parting shots as um, we need to make sure that this Awareness Month for asthma is one that will yield great results for those in sub-Saharan Africa?
2: Okay. So the emphasis that we are, are placing is that many asthmatics are not doing well because they are over-reliant on the blue pump. Now, it works quickly to make them feel better to abort an attack, but they are over-relying on it at the expense of not using their controller medication as often as possible. And we are saying that by being over-reliant on the blue pump, you are masking the symptoms of, of asthma, and it can also lead to severe asthma attacks. So we are appealing to asthmatics to, to, to get some more information about this, and they can go online to a, a site called Yes to Breathe. Y e s t two with the digit two and breathe. Yes to breathe, and find out if you are over reliant on your blue pump, and then make the right changes and get the correct assistance about your asthma to get it well controlled, so that you, as I said, you can live a long, healthy life without uh, um, frequent asthma attacks and without, and so that we can lower. Our, this, uh, the prevalence and also the rate of, of this high rate of death that we are seeing currently in South Africa. So, my, my, my parting words are please let's look after our, our asthma, keep it under control, prevent asthma exacerbations, and live lives that are full of quality.
1: Thank you so very much for joining us, uh, Dr. McKay. And uh, looking forward to hearing that the numbers of asthma in sub Saharan Africa um, are dropping and that those with asthma are being managed well.
3: Have a good evening. Thank you, Patricia. Good night.